Dear songwriter, we are just going to dive into your questions. So a little bit of context. The other night, me and my colleague, Julie, we hosted a free class, how to write impactful lyrics that tell a story, which we've actually talked about a little bit on this podcast as well in a past episode. But at the end of it, we had a Q&A which I typically always have for these, for these free trainings, for these free classes. And so today I wanted to answer some of those questions because there, there were a lot. There was about 60 people who, intended, who attended excuse me, the training. And if you were there, I appreciate you. And to those of you who asked these questions, appreciate you as well. So uh, yeah, like I said, just going just gonna to dive in here. So question number one, as a recording artist, how do you go about finding and collaborating with a songwriter to be able to record songs? Okay, so I think there are obviously a bunch of avenues that you can go here, and so I want to break it down for you. I think first and foremost, you can find people, I know this sounds crazy, in person, right? So if you have a local music scene, whether it's like a DIY house show scene, or if you live in a city like New York or really any city that has open mics, right? Go to places where you're going to be surrounded by people who are doing the same thing, right? I wouldn't get too hung up on genre or style or age, right? I would just go and find musicians, right? <clears throat> so open mics, like I was saying, you don't even necessarily have to perform, right? I think even just like going to shows and meeting people can be a great way not only to find potential collaborators, but also to maybe get on other shows, right? So if there's a venue or a particular promoter who puts on shows regularly, going to those shows, shaking hands, finding people, meeting them, striking up conversations, Naturally, it could go the direction of, hey, do you want to collaborate? So in-person definitely uh, is an option. If you don't know where those places are, right, I would search Facebook for local events, right? If you are in really any, any somewhat substantial city, or large town, or especially if you live in like a college town, I would guess that there's probably a house show scene. Maybe just not really aware of it, right? And so what you can do is search Facebook, search for Facebook groups like, for example, if you live in Savannah, Georgia, Savannah DIY. Search those groups, join them. In those groups, you're gonna see different Facebook events, you're gonna see different artists posting about where they're playing, what shows are coming up. Maybe they are looking for collaborators, right? You will see that in these groups. Which brings me to the next part of the answer to this question, which is Facebook groups, right? So if you don't live in a large city, right? Because of the power of the internet, you don't necessarily need to be in person with this other person that you want to collaborate with. Right. And so searching Facebook groups by keyword, right, for example, songwriter, literally putting in the word songwriter. And by the way, I have a Facebook group, which I'll plug really quickly right now. 
the songwriters bat cave i'll include a link in the show notes but if you go to connorfrost.com c-o-n-n-o-r frost f-r-o-s-t.com slash enter the bat cave you can join that group right so getting into these groups searching by keyword just even typing like musicians songwriters aspiring songwriters producers right and just seeing filtering by group and seeing what comes up joining these facebook groups interacting with these posts right is a good way to go about this right the other place is social media striking up conversations now if you are a shy person if you're an introvert if you have trouble with this i totally understand what i would say is try to rip the band-aid and just have a genuine conversation if you legitimately like the music of someone who is also perhaps starting out or a little bit further along strike up a conversation right doesn't need to be any ulterior motives just just literally connect with people and have conversations right so to summarize in person open mics house shows facebook groups search by keyword excuse me like i said unedited this episode (laughs) and then social media okay find artists just you know have legitimate interactions with them strike up conversations cool okay that's question number one question number two did you write these lyrics prior to having a melody or a series of chords how do you start so for some context during that class that i was talking about at the beginning of this episode, I actually shared one of the songs that I was working on, the lyrics specifically, because we were talking about lyrics to tell a story, and I was saying that I had used some of these techniques that we had been talking about in a song that I had been writing. So that is the context of this question. So let me let me repeat that. Did you write these lyrics prior to having a melody or a series of chords? How do you start? So for that particular song, because I was using some of the methods that were very lyric-centric, I started with lyrics, and I didn't have a melody. So basically, I went through the exercises, right? came up with a topic, did some journaling, did this web exercise that Julie and I talked about, which maybe we'll talk about in a little bit more detail on a later episode. Or no, actually we did already. We have talked about that web exercise. So if you go back to the episode, How to Write Lyrics that Tell a Story, that references the exercise I'm talking about. So anyways, I did start with lyrics. And and what happened for me, and this is what I was explaining the other night, is I wrote the lyrics for the verse first. And from there, I came up with a melody. And so once I had the verse lyrics and the verse melody... Then I wrote the pre-chorus lyrics, and then I wrote the chorus lyrics, and then simultaneously wrote the melody with it. And the reason I think this distinction is important is because sometimes, I know some of you listening to this, you might write the lyrics completely on its own first. Verses, pre-choruses, chorus, whatever you have, you'll write those lyrics first before implementing some sort of melody or before trying to figure out a melody. And my, in, in my situation for this particular song, I had done what I just said. That said, do I start with chords sometimes? Absolutely. Do I start with melody sometimes? Absolutely. 
it's just for this particular song that I had been showing, that was my process. Okay, question number three. How long is the program and what's the structure like? Okay, so context for this question. This is referring to uh, the mentorship that Julie and I run because towards the end of these classes, we talk about connecting with us for those who are interested in learning more about what we do and how we can help, right? And so that was one of the questions. How long is the program and what's the structure like, right? And so my answer is always, it sort of depends, right? It depends where you are in your journey. For some people, it might just be kind of just really, they really just need one, one session to kind of get it right, right? Or some people, more often than not, I would say, are looking for something a little bit more long-term. So it sort of depends. Also, I will say we don't always offer those one-off sessions. I don't love doing it. Right, because, well, sorry, I should rephrase that. I do love doing it. It's always a lot of fun, and I do think it's very helpful. However, I think for, for me and, and my, when I, you know, when I think about my journey as a coach and my mission, I just, I love the idea of really embarking on a journey with a student, right? And so typically, right, again, it's a bit of a range, but typically we'll offer a program, that has been anywhere between eight to 12 weeks, right? What's the structure like? That was the second part of the, the second part of the equation here. Also, also sort of depends, right? Depends on what we think makes sense for the student. But what I will say is that you work directly with me, you work directly with Julie, and you have access to a great community of songwriters who are also in the mentorship, and also probably going through a lot of the same stuff that you are, right? And so I think that has been the most beautiful part of the mentorship of the program is just having this amazing community of songwriters that support each other and hold each other accountable. Okay, next question. How do you get past writing with fear of people hearing slash reading your work instead of writing from a space of expression and freedom? Really good question. So first and foremost, if you if, if this is keeping you from starting, if the fear of others hearing your work is keeping you from, from writing, keeping you from starting, and you're not writing at all, what I would say is don't even worry about the idea of releasing your music or even the idea of other people hearing it. Eliminate that completely as an obstacle and just say, you know what? I am just going to, for now, write for myself. I am not going to pressure myself to share with others. So if you just eliminate, and, and easier said than done. <laughs> right, easier said than done. But if you eliminate that obstacle completely, don't give yourself that pressure, then at least you start. And then at least you can exercise your craft you can improve as a songwriter. You can get in your reps. You can start to express yourself through this beautiful art form. And you don't have to worry about the rest of the noise. Again, easier said than done. Now, if you have started, you have some songs that are finished, and you're having trouble taking this step, then I'm going to give you a little bit of tough love here. There are people out there 
who could use your songs. There are people out there who could really benefit from hearing your songs. And your art, and art in general, I would, I, I would argue, and there might be people who challenge me on this, and that's fine. I believe that your art is meant to be shared. Right? So by withholding, by withholding this, this work, you are, you are depriving someone the opportunity to get better, to feel better, to better themselves in some way, shape, or form. Even just one person. Even if it's just one person, I believe that that is worth it. And so asking yourself, asking yourself, what is more important here? Possibly helping someone or how I feel. And if you can, and again, easier said than done, all of this, always. <laughs> but if you, can, if you can flip that switch, if you can embrace the duty and embrace the opportunity to help others through your art, then I think it, it becomes less about you and your feelings and your fears, and it becomes more about helping. Right? So, again, kind of depends on what camp you're in here. I know it's hard to delineate, but that's what I would say, and that's how I would answer that question. First and foremost, you got to start writing. Right? So, so whatever you need to do to make it so you can start, alleviate that pressure so you can start, have your art be for yourself, at least in the beginning. That's first priority, certainly. Okay, next question. How can we learn to be vulnerable and trust the people in the songwriting groups not to steal our lyrics slash art? So first and foremost, I would say, I would say definitely get, or definitely, definitely do some research on copyright, right? Because I think there's a, a lot of confusing stuff out there about copyright. I think there's a lot of misinformation. I think there's a lot of confusion. So I'm not going to go into copyright right now. It's also not really my expertise. You know, I know a little bit about it. But anyways, I, I, would, I would do a little bit of research on copyright and, and what that even is, what it entails, etc. Right. The other side to this is if you are doing kind of like a legit co-write, right, or you're in some sort of songwriting program, often, or there should be, what's called a songwriter's split sheet right so if you are actually co-writing right that stuff should be should be clear up front or if you're in a songwriting program like mine we have very clear agreements that say that your song is yours regardless of you know who who gives feedback right and that's something that uh, people have to agree on before they join the program right so Again, if it's if something a little bit more like le legitimate, then I think it's worth looking out for some of those things. That being said, if this is something that is is keeping you from doing these groups, from sharing your music, I think you have to weigh the pros and cons here. First thing I would ask is 
is this is this just an excuse right and and hopefully that's not too blunt or too direct but are, are you are you are you using this as an excuse to not share oh i'm i'm worried people are going to steal so i'm so i'm not going to show anyone right is is that is that really what's going on so let's so let's say that it is okay let's say that it is and again, I, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, I don't mean to suggest that it's not a legitimate fear, right? But, but I do think <laughs> sometimes people say these things, the same, the same reason they say, I can't find a producer who understands my vision. I think they say these things because there's something a little bit more deep seated there. But anyways, let's just say for the sake of argument that this is a legitimate fear that you have and it, and it is this fear of someone stealing your lyrics, someone stealing your art that is keeping you from sharing your music. Okay, so effectively, you are depriving yourself the opportunity to get real feedback from other people, whether it's mentors, fellow songwriters, peers, etc. So I think it's a question of cost, benefit, pros and cons, risk analysis, right? Is it worth withholding because of this fear you know is, is it worth not sharing your music not getting that feedback because you're afraid someone's going to steal it i personally don't think so right like uh, for me i've you know i've gotten so much so much great feedback from fellow musicians fellow songwriters people who are doing the same thing or who are perhaps a little bit further ahead and I can't imagine not having that outlet personally right and so I think you got to ask yourself what's what's more important right and 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 address that question head on cool next question how did you find or build authentic community as an artist? Okay, so for me personally, I booked a lot of shows. So this was back when I was living in New York initially and then New Jersey. And I just started booking a lot of shows. And I would have my band play some of these shows. And then sometimes I wouldn't. And so what happened was we started playing a lot of shows with a lot of the same bands while also each time building more, building our network, right? So there was like three or four or five core bands that, you know, and at the time we all lived in the New York area and we just played a ton of shows together. And then we would just find other bands that were in the area and ask them to play with us. And what was really cool is not only did we, not only did we, become friends with each other, the people in the bands, but we started to see a lot of the same people who were friends of these bands continue to come out to these shows and then become fans of the other bands and friends of the other bands. So some of my best friends and current partner I met through this community. So that's what I did right? The other side to this is the online side, right? And so I think keeping that connection with bands that we played with, 
through touring, right? That's another thing I should have mentioned is that is is that just just the the act of physically being somewhere in person. You go back to the same cities, you book through the same bands, you play with the same bands, right? Just building that way. But then social media was a great way to just stay in touch, stay connected with each other. Right? So I think it's it's sort of having 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 both is important, right? I think the in-person connection definitely like jump starts a lot of that. And then the online part of it kind of maintains it. Okay, so then there's the other side of this, which is my mentoring business, right? And so that is all, that all started online, right? And so social media, simply just posting regularly, right? Reaching out to people who I think could benefit from working with me, from working with my team. Starting a Facebook group, like I talked about, the Songwriters Batcave. Connecting with people regularly through email. And so taking that and kind of doing the, the opposite of, of the initial part of this that I was talking about related to playing shows and, and music. Kind of the opposite. Now, we're trying to bring that community offline. And at the time of recording this, we are days away from our first ever songwriting retreat. So I guess if I were to summarize this question, how do you find or build authentic community as an artist? I would say it's just showing up in person or online regular, regularly, excuse me, and putting yourself out there and not being afraid to invite others into what you're doing. Okay, two more questions. How do you get over the fear of disappointing yourself like being too scared to write because you're afraid of making something bad? Yes, great question. So... I've posted about this before, is that it's not fear of others necessarily that you're worried about, fear of what others might think. It's fear of what you yourself might think, right? A lot of you are probably afraid to press that record button because you're like, oh man, what if I hate what I record? What if I hate what I write? So I think there's two sides to this. One you are going to be your harshest critic. I think that's human nature. Number two, you have to embrace being a student. You have to get comfortable with sucking. Have to get comfortable with just not being great in the beginning. And that's not a great feeling. But I think it's because people are, are so afraid to suck that that really does keep them from starting or continuing. So I think you got to dig deep and, and embrace what I, what I like to say, embrace the forever student. None of us, not even Beyonce, will learn everything as it relates to music and as it relates to songwriting. And that is the beauty and sometimes frustration when it comes to art. That's something my parents always taught me. You can never be too good. There's always more to learn. There's always different ways that you can develop. Different ways you can challenge yourself. And so you got to embrace the journey. You've got to embrace being a forever student of music. Last questions. What if you have the words but suck at putting music to it because you can only play four chords? 
first thing I would say is learn more chords, right? And I, I don't mean that sarcastically. I'm not saying you can't write a song with only four chords, but I would learn more chords because that's only going to help in terms of being able to expand your, your palette, your songwriting foundation, etc. Right? Um, so if you have the words and you're having trouble putting music to it, well, another thing I would say is maybe start with the music. I find it's much easier, especially for beginner songwriters, to write from some sort of instrumental or some sort of chord progression as opposed to trying to put chords underneath a melody or lyrics and or lyrics. So that'd be the other thing I say is, is maybe try to reverse uh, try, try to reverse this. Start with a chord progression. And then the other thing is I would get a little bit of leveled up knowledge on some like music theory stuff. Right? So like if you know what notes you're singing with these words, if you like literally know what they are and you know what notes go with the right chords, or if you just have a good ear and you can tell, then I think understanding the relationship between the chords that you're playing and the notes that you're singing is important, right? And for some people, it just comes naturally, right? I'm not saying you need to know how to read music, but if you're having trouble, it, it might be worth just getting a little bit clear on like, okay, what notes am I singing? What chords am I playing? Cool. That was really fun. It's the first time I've done this mailbag episode. Hopefully this has been helpful. I jumped around a little bit, which um, hopefully was not too confusing. If you liked it, can you let me know? Can you send me a DM, Connor L. Frost on Instagram, and just be like, hey, Connor, I really like the mailbag episode. If you tell me that, then, or tell me that you didn't like it, <laughs> right? So that'll give me some information and help me make a decision on whether or not this is something I do in the future. As always, thank you for listening. As always, I hope you got some value out of this. I will talk to you next week. Happy writing.